glory i'm excited about this morning are you ready for the word oh i lift your hand say father i'm ready to receive open my eyes and flood my eyes with the revelation knowledge of jesus thank you father in jesus name amen praise god okay so hopefully by next week we are going to be done with obedience series hopefully hopefully <laughs> we're going to be done hopefully and we are going to start a new series can i tell you the title yeah. it's called christ the riches of our eternal forgiveness yeah. <laughs> now everything you need to understand about the believers forgiveness in christ we are going to use two months to end it we'll end the argument the way i've prepared for that message only god knows praise god so we've been dealing with an obedience series we call it the five kinds of obedience how many believe this has really blessed them so much praise god we said when you read the new testament epistles you're going to find five main kinds of obedience the first kind of obedience is called the obedience of christ which is what christ did for us without us and culminated it on the cross we told you that the fall of man was disobedience through unbelief that was the actual sin the actual sin was not eating apple the actual sin was disobedience so the eating of the fruit became the finality of man's rebellion it started from his heart when he obeyed god's uh, the devil's word and disobeyed god's word that was the disobedience that came when man refused to believe god so the actual sin of man was disobedience through unbelief so the eating of the fruit became the physical seal of what began in his heart do you get this so because adam was not just a name adam was a nation Adam was not just a name. Adam was a principle. Adam was not just a name. Adam was humanity. What Adam did is what every man did in him. If you read Acts chapter 17, the verse 26, you're going to see something serious. Scientists have made us understand that there are different blood groups god's word says there's only one blood group look and had made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth did you see that so it's either you are taking what science is saying or what god's word is saying god's word says there is only one blood group the blood that came from adam did you see that so you don't have a different blood group you are not all positive 
the blood that came through Adam is the blood that is flowing through you. And the sin that was in the blood of Adam is what he transferred to all men. We all came from one blood. So what Adam became was the fate of every man. Are you seeing that? That's why you hear people saying that, but we didn't do anything. So how come we are made sinners? Adam was humanity. What Adam did was what every man would have done. Some say, why did Adam do what he did? If I was in the garden, I wouldn't have done that. You are just joking. Some of you, if you were in the garden, you would have eaten the fruit, eaten the tree, and used the root for ginseng. You would have even done worse. Praise God. So what Adam did was what every man did. What Adam became was what every man became. So you did not have to do to become. What Adam did was what you did. His offense was your offense. His disobedience was your disobedience. So Romans 5.19 says, For through the disobedience of one man, many were made sinners. So it was not your disobedience that made you a sinner. It was the disobedience of one man, Adam, that made you a sinner. So that wasn't fair. And because of the fall of man, every man fell into disobedience. So you were born disobedient. Because of the nature Adam gave to you. So you were a sinner not by fault, but by default. Are you seeing that? You were a sinner because of what Adam did. So every man was in disobedience. So amongst men, there was no one worthy to save another man. You must get this. The reason why no one was worthy to save man, or the reason why man was not worthy to save man, was because every man was corrupt. It was because every man proceeded from that same man who took upon himself the nature of sin. Remember, after Adam sinned, he was no more in the image and the likeness of God. That is what you must understand. After Adam sinned, everyone he gave birth to was in the image and likeness of Adam. Genesis chapter 5, the verse 3. So you hear some people say, oh, we all are the image of God. No, we are not all the image of God. Look, Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness. Do you see the language has changed? In Genesis 1, he was in the likeness of who? God. After sin came, when he gave birth, he was in the likeness of who? Adam. You see what the fall did? So Jesus Christ came as a man without sin without the blood of adam without disobedience so jesus came clean to clean us are you seeing that so until jesus came nobody could have been saved because we were all disobedient and god was requiring man's obedience yet there was none obedient because all were disobedient. So, Jesus also 
obeyed God by giving his life to men. That act of obedience is the means through which God uses to justify all men who believe. Now, this is the simplicity of the gospel. The obedience of Jesus Christ is the basis for which you can have faith. Are you hearing this? So the first kind of obedience is the obedience of what? Christ, you did not contribute to this obedience. It was absolute in Christ. Christ did all the work. You did not contribute to salvation. Salvation was not your idea. It was God's idea. And God's execution. The only thing a man can do to salvation is to receive it. I say thank you. Are you seeing this thing? So the Bible says, for by the obedience of one, many be made righteous. The obedience of Jesus Christ and our faith in this obedience is what makes a man righteous. Catching it. So, in Romans chapter 1, the verse 5, the Bible makes us understand that the gospel is not just a message. The gospel is a command. When a man believes the gospel, he has obeyed God's command. Look, he says, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for the obedience to the faith among all nations for the, what? For his name. Now, the gospel is God's command. Romans 16, 25. Please look at this. I've said this already, but I have to repeat it again so that you catch it. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel. And the preaching, actually the word end is kai, which means which is. The preaching of Jesus Christ. The gospel is the preaching of Jesus Christ. According to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Look at the next verse. He says, but now it's made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets, look, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of? So the gospel is God's commandment. When you believe the gospel, you are obedient to the faith. So the Christian was born again obedient. Are you seeing this? When a man believes the gospel to God, the man has obeyed God. Then, after salvation, which is obedience of faith, there is a further need for obedience, which is called obedience of the spirit. Obedience of the spirit is a Response to the promptings of the Holy Spirit as we walk with Him daily. Obedience of the Spirit is our, our obedience to the voice, the promptings, and, and, the, and the words that come to us from the Holy Spirit as we walk with God. And we said it is very crucial because when a man gets born again, the Holy Ghost comes to live in his spirit. And he comes to guide him in all truth. Praise God. Then we came to the obedience of the word of God. 
that's another further need the believer must be obedient to god's word obedience of the word of god is a deliberate conscious acting upon god's word irrespective of how we feel did you catch this obedience of the word of god is a deliberate conscious acting upon god's word irrespective of how we feel god's word becomes authoritative in our life it is not an option when all things have become worse we live by the word praise god then we on the final kind of obedience called obedience of what spiritual authority we have ex- we've said so much we said spiritual authority is not commanding people spiritual authority is not forcing people to do things spiritual authority is for service not lordship any authority that is forced is manipulation and witchcraft authority obedience to spiritual authority must come willfully from the heart of the believer that is why anywhere you see submission he says submit yourselves it is something you must do we said the church has not understood what authority is so we find it difficult submitting to it but when we understand it it becomes a joy we said before you understand spiritual authority you must understand the church we said the church is number one the family of god so we are a family we are not just church members we are a family number two the church is the body of christ we are members of christ's body praise god number three we are the bride of christ you are the wife of jesus christ when a man catch catches this revelation spiritual marriage becomes a thing of the past it does not happen in his life when a believer comes to the comprehension that christ is married to the believer so people who suffer as spiritual marriages are people who don't have a revelation of christ has become in their life There was a lady that came to me some two or three or four years ago. She has been waiting. She has been disappointed by men more than five to six times. When they are getting close to marriage, they don't show up again. So she came to me. She was expecting spiritual acquaintance. Get me six rubber bags full of salt after she narrated all her story as a woman do you want to marry she said yes so would you listen to what i'll tell you he said yes okay i called someone from the house and i said bring me if these things be you and she came he said do you believe i'm a prophet he said yes go and read page 39 That's on the page, but I gave her the page. I said, read it ten times and read it over again. 
that's my direction for you. Now, it sounds funny. The lady read it because I dealt with such issues there. Guess what? She called me and said, Man of God, I've visited many prophets. I think you are different. I said, Yes, I am. Guess what? She got married last year. You know, sometimes people think, okay, the prophet must do something before they realize he's a prophet. You don't have to do anything to prove yourself you're a prophet. I don't have to mention your name to prove I'm a prophet. No. I told you the other time, people ask before they go, It's sad, I'm telling you. It's very sad. That believers are suffering for nothing. Praise God. Anyway, that's for another message. Maybe we'll handle it today at pneumatical service. Hallelujah. So, we spoke, we said that there are realities about the church, which everyone should know. Number one, we said the church belongs to Christ. It's the property of Christ. The church is not for the head pastor. It's not for the G.O. The church belongs to Christ. He says, I'll build my church. The Bible says Christ purchased the church with his blood, not your blood. So you must treat the people God gives to you as God's church. Number two, we said the church is not a physical building. Believer must not say he's going to church because the church cannot go to church. The believer is the church. We are going for church service. Because in 1 Timothy 3.15, the Bible says the church is the house of God, which is the pillar and the ground of truth. So the pillars of the church is not this. The pillars of the church is this. That will change your understanding. When you are worshipping not in the service, but at home. Number three, we said the church can be seen in three dimensions. The first is the individual believer as a church. The believer individually is a church. Number two, we have the local church, which is the body of believers who meet in a locality to worship. It's a place where people belong and they are groomed for the return of Jesus. Number three, there is the universal church, which is the, the universal body of Christ. Universal church of God. Mixed up with all churches all over the world. We form the universal church. We also said the church has a role. The local church has a role. We spoke about the role of the local church. We said, number one, the local church has the responsibility of growing believers. The local church is a place where believers are fed. So every believer must belong to a local church because he must be fair. God programmed believers not to grow by them, their own selves. We grow collectively and corporately. And the local church offers us this opportunity. Number two, we said the local church is a place where people submit mutually. 
The local church is a place where there is mutual submission. We submit one to another. No one is bigger than anybody. If someone is your boss at work, in church you are equals and we are to submit to one another. Number three, we said the church is a place where you are spiritually accountable. The church is a place where you are spiritually accountable. We said the word accountable means what? Answerable. You must be answerable. You must not be a mystery to the church. You don't go three months, you come back. No. If you belong to a local church, you must not become a mystery. Someone must know where you stay. Someone must know the job you're doing. But not your salary. Praise God. So you hear some people on Facebook, some new grace preachers who have come. They say, Jesus is my pastor. Foolishness. Why is Jesus pastor? How is he pastoring you? I had a guy who said, his body is the temple of God. So he's the church on his own. I said, pay offering to yourself and chop your own offering. You see, people don't understand this reality. It's very important. There is a reason why God established the local church. It is to protect believers. It is to save believers from error. So, anybody who is not submitting under a local church is dangerous. Who is your spiritual father? Joseph Prince. Something is wrong with you. Does he know you? No. Does he have your number? No. Does he talk to you? No. How can he be your spiritual father? He can be your mentor. Not your spiritual father. I'm teaching good here. <laughs> so if you mess up, how does Joseph Prince rebuke you? How does he track you to find how well you are growing? Now, when we are teaching spiritual authority, we can teach it with confidence because I never rebelled under any authority. Even though I understood grace, I still submitted under authority. I was persecuted, but never rebelled. Rebelled. Never. When I was leaving the church, some people called me that they wanted to follow me. To I said, if I see your shadow here, I'll report you to the head pastor. Because if you break someone's church to start your church, they will break yours to start another. Never rebel. And I've told you, there is no department I've not served. I was a drama. I was a barrister. I was a prayer warrior. I was an usher. And I was a prophet at the same time in the church. I prophesy, go back to drumming. Prophesy, go back and hold the microphone and pray. Dangerous prayers. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So I can teach it. I understand it. Praise God. Listen, you know, one time I heard one guy saying that, Man of God, hurry up and start your church so that we all can come because right now we are suffering in our churches. You know what I came to realize? Anyone who cannot submit in a law church can never submit in a grace-based church because it is your attitude and character. Did you get what I'm saying? You can never submit in a grace-based church if you did not successfully submit in a law-based church. I'm telling you, you don't have to be under grace before you learn submission. Submission is a law. Praise God. So, 
We said that local church is a place where people are also disciplined. The word discipline has been taken to an extreme today where people are rather disgraced. The purpose of discipline is not to punish people or revenge. It is to transform people. I told you I know of a man of God. If someone goes to the extreme and he suspends the person, he will visit the person every single day so the person is restored. That's love. So the person knows it is not punishment. It is transformation. The purpose of discipline is to bring believers back into order. And we said it is not every sin particularly that you can punish, you can discipline believers. But there are certain kind of sins that when you hear, you cannot keep quiet about it. God established it in the epistles. And if you want to be balanced in grace, we must take exactly what the epistle says. When the Bible says avoid, avoid. When it says redraw, redraw. So the New Testament teaches us to withdraw from certain brethren who heretics, those who are disorder, disorderly, those who don't stick to instructions, those who don't stick to epistles that are taught in the local church, and those who mislead others. The Bible says it. Praise God. Praise God. I'm teaching good here. We said the purpose of discipline is done to honor and to maintain honor and respect for what? For Bible authority. Number two, discipline is done to maintain purity in the local church. So that when someone sees that there's discipline, you don't hear that someone has going to repeat it. Number three, we said discipline is done to preserve and protect the character of the believer. Number four, we said discipline is done to save the member of believer living in sin or disobedience. We said number five, the local church is responsible for service. Every believer must serve one way or the other. He must serve. The ultimate ministry that believer has been called to is the ministry of reconciliation, which is the ministry of saving the world. Every believer must actively partake in the service of the ministry. Now, playing instruments, doing technical stuff is part of service, but the ultimate service is to win souls for Jesus. And the local church has been set in place for believers to serve by winning souls. Soul winning is not for a department of a church. That's why I don't want to encourage evangelism department here. We we'll all go for evangelism and win souls for Jesus Christ. Are you seeing this? Number five, we said the local church is responsible for appointing leaders to serve. Number six, we said the local church, number seven, sorry, the local church is, is a place where believers willingly submit themselves to spiritual authority. Now, this is where I'm going to start my message. The local church is a place where believers willingly submit themselves to spiritual authority. Now, we read Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. We got to understand the role of obeying those that rule over you. He says, obey them that have rule over you. Now, you might wonder that, oh, okay, under grace, why should people rule over us? God established it like that. Though we are all brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ, we are supposed to have headship because the local church has a local government, which I'm going to talk about very soon. So he says, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch over your souls. As they must give account. 
So every pastor will give an account of his members in eternity. That they may do it with joy. That means there are pastors who can be grieved and pastor in tears. He says that he may do it with joy and not with grief. And look, for that is unprofitable for the pastor, right? For who? For you! When your pastor is grieved in leading, it is to your disadvantage. Praise God. I'm teaching you there. So believers are called to put themselves under the care and oversight of elders. They are called to put themselves under the care and oversight of elders. God appointed it that way. Now quickly, we want to look at the government of the local church. The government of the local church. Now, this is what I learned. I learned that anything you want the church to do, you must teach them. Don't assume they know. That's why I'm taking time to teach you this. Because sometimes some pastors assume that members will understand authority. Once they said the head pastor, they must understand. Never. Because when people don't understand, they will do it in stress. Praise God. I'm teaching good, right? The government of the local church. Now, let me do this very quickly. You must understand that the overall head is God. God is the absolute and overall head. And today, the service of Jesus is actually for a time period. Jesus is not going to be the head of the church forever. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible tells us something great. The verse 24. You can learn spiritual authority from Jesus because even Jesus submits to authority. Now that's serious. So if Jesus himself as God submits to authority, then who are we? Look, he says, then come at the end when he shall, who is he talking about? Jesus Christ. He shall have delivered up the kingdom to who? To God. Even the father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. Look at the next verse. He says, for he must reign till he had put all his enemies under his feet. So Jesus is reigning through the church until all his enemies have been put under his feet. Next verse. He says, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Next verse. For he had put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is ex- accepted. What he did put which did which did put all things under him uh-huh and when all things shall be subdued unto him then the son look then the son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him that god may be all in all are this serious so jesus actually acts spiritual authority he's under god so everybody must be under somebody. I told you, even me, help pastor, I'm under fathers. Any believer who is under nobody is a dangerous believer. You must fear that believer. Even me, the head pastor, is under authority. I submit to authority. There are some decisions I want to take. I call Pastor Reverend Toto and ask him. He advises, then I obey. Are you listening?
listen to what I'm saying? Even Jesus understands authority. So it's like Jesus himself, the head of the local church, submits to authority. So how much more we believers? Now you need to understand this. Jesus himself will be subject unto him that put all things under him. Can you imagine? Every, do you, can't you see your boss at work is under a boss? And that boss is under a boss. And that boss of that boss is under a boss. It's amazing. So true authority is seen in submission. Now, this is very serious. Do you remember the centurion? Do you know the centurion had um, 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 people under him when he came to Jesus for healing? And when Jesus said he's going to come, he says, no, I'm a man under authority. The man in authority was under authority. Are you guessing it? The man was in authority, yet under authority. So a believer's authority is actually effective when he's under authority. So any believer that does not find himself or position himself under authority is treading on a dangerous path. I'm teaching good here. So God is actually all in all. He is the overall. But in the local church, God has set authorities in place. We're going to look at them. They are in three dimensions. The first one is that Jesus Christ is the spiritual head of the church. Jesus is the spiritual head of the church. I'm talking about the, lo- the government of the local church. Jesus is the spiritual head of the church. Ephesians chapter 5, the verse 23. Jesus is the spiritual head of the church. So we are talking of the local church. So the spiritual head of the church is Christ himself, not the head pastor. That's why we need to get this. He says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the what? The head of the church. Did you see that? Who is the head of the church? Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1, the verse 22. And had put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. So Jesus is the head of, head of, come on say that for me. Jesus is the head of the church. Praise God. That's the first authority you must understand. Jesus is the head, the spiritual head of the church. Are you following that? And every authority God puts in place. He does not trivialize it. It's a serious matter to him. Look at Romans chapter 13, the verse 1 to 3. He says, let every soul be subject unto what? Higher powers. For there is no power but of God. That means every power and authority God puts in place is under him. It's of him. He says, the powers that are what? Ordained of who? God. Next verse. He says, whosoever therefore resisted the power, resisted what? The ordinance of God. Can you imagine? So fighting against spiritual authority is fighting who? God! I'm teaching good here. Is this good? Praise God. Colossians chapter 2, the verse 13, the verse 18. And 19. 
He says, let no man beguile you of your reward in voluntary humility and worshipping of angels, intruding into those things which he had not seen, vainly puffed up by the fleshly mind. Uh-huh. And not holding the... Who is the head? You see, use capital H. So we must hold... The Bible is telling us to hold onto the head. That means we must draw authority from our head. We must draw a nourishment from our head. So actually... True submission is true nourishment. You are nourished when you are an authority. He says, not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bars having what? Nourishment. So it's when we submit to Jesus, that is when we actually hold him. And draw nourishment. So people think submission is foolishness. Submission is actually nourishment. Ministered. You see that that nourishment is ministered when we hold Christ as our head. So listen, fighting against spiritual authority is actually fighting against Jesus, the head of the church. And I told you, you see, sometimes when we talk of fighting authority, people think of the wild, crazy ones, the crazy fighting authority. No, 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 no. It's the simple ones. Church begins at eight thirty. You come at ten thirty. You are fighting. Thank you for the silence. Praise God. I'm teaching good here. So don't think I'm teaching something different. It's the same grace we are teaching. We call it hard grace. <laughs> Glory. Mm. Should I go on? Apart from the listener, should I go on or I should go on with the one? The one I'm doing. I should go on. Okay, I know what you're talking about, so I'll go on with this one. Praise God. Number two. That's the second in the government of the local church. Okay, the first one is Jesus. He's the spiritual head. Now, number two, Jesus has set ministry gifts in the local church to act in his place on earth. So that's the second. Ministry gifts is the second he has set ministry gifts in the local church to act in the place of christ on earth so number two the first one is jesus second one is ministry gifts ephesians chapter 4 the verse 8 to 11. look he says wherefore he said when he ascended up on high he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men he gave gifts to what men Actually, he gave men as gifts. Do you understand? He gave gifts to men. Actually means he gave men as gifts. Am I the head, uh, uh, senior pastor here? Am I a gift to you? Am I a man? So the gift he gave was men. Are you seeing that? Good. Next verse. Now he that ascended... What is it but he also that descended into the lower parts of the earth? Uh-huh. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above the heavens that he might fill all in all. He gave some apostles, some prophets. That means not all are apostles. Not all are prophets. He gave some. So we have believers who are like Miriam and Aaron who said to Moses, Are we not also prophets? Can't we also hear the voice of God? 
Moses, it not be you by your day. We to be day. Moses, we do, we be anointed though. We get a spirit some. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, not all. Some pastors. Even in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, are they all teachers? Are you seeing that? Next verse. For the word perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the word and define of the body of Christ. Uh-huh. Till we all come to the unity of faith. Come to the verse 13 quickly. And of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So God gave ministry gifts. So ministry gifts are nursed in authority. Ministry gifts. Praise God. Matthew chapter 10, the verse 40. Matthew 10, 40. He says, He that received you, received me. And he that received, received me, received he that what? Sent me. You see the structure of authority. When you receive ministry gifts, you are receiving Jesus. And when you receive Jesus, who are you receiving? God the Father. So if you reject the authority of a leader, you have rejected Jesus as the head. When you receive it, you have received Jesus. I told you something. And listen, this must be your daily revelation. Because the church needs to serve by revelation. The answer that welcomes you in is actually Christ welcoming you. So when he says sit here, and he says, no, 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 I won't sit there without giving any reason. You are actually telling Jesus. You won't sit there. I always repeat. If Jesus was sitting in this service. How would we behave? You know the truth? He's actually here. I'm teaching good here. First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 28. He says, God has set. So you see, God has set. He has done the setting. God has set some in the church. You need to understand this. It is God who set them in the church. First apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, and after miracles, then gifts of healings, helps government, diversities of tongues. So it is God that does the setting. So you don't say, this man, I don't like his personality. What do you want? I don't like his dressing. It's just kana. I don't like the tone of his voice. How do you want him to sound? I don't he's too slow for my liking. Hey. So what do you want? You know, that's why we have many people in other churches when the prophet of the house has left, the church members leave. Because it's one man champion. When it's not there, members don't respect anybody again. There's a church I know when the prophet is, is outside of town, the members take over the town. 
No pastor means anything. Pastor says, hey, 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 hey. Pastor. He said, lift up your hands and let's pray. If the head pastor was saying, lift up your hands for closing prayer, everybody does like this. One of the pastors says, lift up your hands. This is kubi, kubi. You know, it's a very serious matter. It's a very serious matter. I wanted to say something, but I don't say There are people who, when they come for a service, or a prophetic service, or whatever service, and they realize that the general of Asia is not there, they'll go back home. Carnality of the highest degree. Are we there to serve Jesus or a man? You see, that is where the, the church is getting come out by the day. Because we worship men. And not the one who made men. We worship the gifts and not the giver of the gift. Tell somebody not you. Come on, tell somebody not you. So God does the setting. You don't do the setting. God doesn't choose people by your taste. If God chooses people by your taste, I won't be someone's taste. Are you seeing that? Because, you know, women have tastes. Some want men with hair on their chest. Some want TikTok, six feet. Some want six packs. Some want one pack. Some of us are one pack. They don't even call it one pack. They call it one sack. <laughs> Praise God. So if God was waiting for you to do the choice, we are in trouble. Like someone like Prophet Felix, the way he's shot, he can never be head pastor of a church. He can never. But when you just see, he said, small boy devil that. <laughs> he can never be pastor, but this guy's a prophet. Anointed prophet. Let me give him the mic. You see something right now. Odi? Yanko. If God gave you the chance to choose, that's why he has to set it. And you have to submit to it. Someone says, I will never submit to anybody who is my age group. age group continue <laughs> now these are all kind of reasons that people have for not obeying spiritual authority I told you all the apostles were teenagers when do your research well they were all teenagers they were underage Peter himself was 18 because those days for you to marry you you have to be 18 so you think Peter was older than Jesus no he was a teenager that's why they were behaving childishly like that. The mother of James and John came to see uh, 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 Jesus. He says, Jesus, when you become king, please fix them in. Politician. Give them thrones. It was their mother that came to look. That means they were staying with their parents. Teenagers. You can go and do your research. They were all teenagers. And these people were preaching the gospel not as teenagers. Do you know in the book of Acts chapter 4, the Bible says when they realized the confidence, the boldness, and they realized these guys were on land. On land does not only mean they were uneducated. On land means they were children. Young men. And they saw the confidence. 
they knew that they had been with Jesus. Don't joke with the man who has been with Christ, though. Because ministry is not gray hair. It's anointing. And they feel the anointing. <laughs> it's anointing. It's not age. It's not structure. It's not stature. It's anointing. Are you following this? How somebody's been blessed by this? Glory. So you see, in the New Testament, God has set elders. Look, now you must understand the New Testament, elders are used to mean two different things. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, chapter 5, the verse 1, the Bible uses elders. Elders there are elderly men. Rebuke not what? An elder, someone who is old. So he's saying a pastor should not rebuke an elder publicly because of his age. But entreat him as what? A father. That word elder is one who is grown in age. But in 1 Corinthians, in, in um, 1 Timothy, the same Timothy, let's look at chapter 5, the verse 17. He used the word elders again, which means a different thing. He says, let the elders that rule well. Now, this word elder is not one who is of age. It's one who is of grace. He's one who has been made an overseer. One who is leading. One who has come to a place of maturity. One who has been committed with responsibility. So there are two different things altogether. Elders for age and elders for ministry. Because there are some who are 60 years and they are spiritual babes in Christ. You must understand that the fact that somebody is 90 years does not mean he knows Jesus. There can be a 90-year-old carnal man. Are you, are you? This is serious. And there can be a 16-year-old matured Christian. So, you see, maturity is in knowledge, not in height. So, when a man grows in knowledge, that is when he attains maturity. So, he says, do we all come to the unity of faith and to the knowledge of what? The Son of God, unto a perfect man onto the measure of the stature so it's in knowledge so you can be 12 years old when you grow in understanding in the message of Christ you can be matured you can be matured some of you can be matured more than your biological fathers some of you can be more matured than your uncles now don't confuse ministry gifts with spiritual maturity the fact that you are gifted does not mean you are matured calling someone's name is not maturity it is giftedness am i teaching good here so spiritual maturity is not by gift it's by growth so i said growth is the means maturity is the arrival you can be gifted and still be a baby there are pastors pastoring thousand members and they are babes in christ you don't know there are pastors who have been in ministry for 30 years and they are spiritual babies you don't know 
don't know, get my message. The three kinds of men and growing spiritually. You understand what you're talking about? Praying in tongues is not being spiritual. Having word of knowledge is not maturity. Understanding all mysteries is not maturity. That's another time. It's a long message. I don't want to start. You know, when you're teaching and people are quiet, it means it is sinking. It's two things. Either they are sleeping or it is sinking. But I know you are not sleeping. Because if you are sleeping, I'll call your name. Praise God. Number three, which is very important. Let's read one more scripture. First Timothy chapter 4, the verse 14. On the number two, the ministry gift. Now look, he says, neglect not the gift that is in thee. He was talking to Timothy, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying hands of what? The presbytery. It's the same thing. All right, so number three, serving gifts to assist the ministry gifts. That's the third level. The serving gifts to assist the ministry gifts. Serving gifts to assist the ministry gifts. They are also part of the authority structure. I'm talking about departmental heads. Are you following? I'm talking about ushers. I'm talking about givers. I'm talking about technical men. I'm talking about the choir. They are serving gifts. And God honors the authority. If a worship leader says, lift up your hands, it is an authority. You must lift up your hands. If he says, sing after me, don't be silent. Sing. Are you following what I'm saying? It's, it's very, very key. If an usher says, please sit here, please sit there. It's an authority. They are assisting the ministry gifts who is under the head, Jesus Christ. So it's like when you break that chain, you break all the chain. You, you fight against the ministry gifts, you fight against Christ, and you fight against God. Did you catch it? Let's take some few scriptures. Romans chapter 12, the verse 6. He says, having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. I told you the other time that grace is first of all a person. It is not only a person. Grace is first of all a person before it becomes any other thing. So, when you say grace is only a person, it's not entirely true because in the epistles, you don't find grace only as a person. Are you following? So, if you read, you're going to know that grace is first of all a person. Grace is a dispensation. Grace is a teaching or a doctrine. And grace is also an influence. And grace as an influence has different dimensions, capacities, and dosages. We, don't, we all don't function in the same grace. Some operate in higher dimensions than others. God did it that way. Are you following? Having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy. According to the proportion of what? Faith. So like I said, grace has been given in dimensions. There's a reason why God did not make me Bishop David Oedipo. 
Because what he's doing today, if they put me there, I'll break my legs, break my head, and break myself. I might not be able to fit that, that function. You know, sometimes when you are sitting and you are seeing it going like that, even an example is preaching. When you see me preaching like that, you think preaching is easy. Take the mic. You will quote only John 3.16 and John 11.35 and Jesus wept. There was a guy, he was always fighting. My father's headquarters. Always, always, he says he wants to preach. He wants to preach. He wants to preach. He said, oh, take time. He says, he wants to preach. He said he has prepared some beautiful message. He wants to preach. He said, hold on. He says, I'll go preach. And they say, come, come, come and preach. He could not finish his opening prayer. And his preaching was Psalm 23. Even that one, he could not quote it. They gave him 45 minutes, 60 minutes, he was done. He says, let's lift up our hands and worship. Hey, who needs shake Are you seeing that? So, sometimes when you see people leading, you think leadership is easy. You know, sometimes when a man of God takes a decision in the church, you say, why, why, why? Come in, come. Come. When you are on the job, you understand. So anybody God puts the authority, another person. Are you following what I'm saying? It's very serious. So God put ministry gifts there. Let me do this in 10 minutes, then we are done. Is someone be blessed? Good. So now let's continue. The next verse, the verse 7. He says, now look, our ministry... Let us wait on our ministry. So in ministry, there is ministry. This ministry there is serving. Ushering work is serving. Are you seeing that? He says, or he that teacheth on teaching. Now there is the office of teaching which we quoted in Ephesians 4. And there is the gift of teaching. So don't confuse it. So there's the office of teaching and then there is the ministry of teaching. Every believer is supposed to be a teacher. Are you seeing that? You are taught to be able to teach. But there are some who are called and appointed as gifts of teaching. So don't confuse the two. So it says, he that teacheth, shepherds are falling in this class. Are you seeing that? Good. Or teaching. Uh-huh. Next verse. So you see, that, okay, let me not go ahead of myself. Or he that exhorted. There are those who have the ministry or the gift of encouraging people. Now you see, some of you are thinking of strange, strange, strange gifts. He says he that exhorted encouragement. He says let him exhort. If you realize you are good in encouraging people, encourage people. Are you following? He says he that giveth. Now, it is this scripture that makes us understand that some have been graced to be givers. Are you following this? Some have been graced to be what? He says, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, not with. Thousand Ghana. <laughs> Please lift up the money. How much again? Thousand Ghana. Then somebody comes to stand there in that same lane and is holding 
10,000, then your chest will start losing. The chest will lose. Because just 1,000 Ghana, like the whole world, it's like I've given the whole world. He said, he not give it. Let him give with simplicity. There's a, one who's, there's a man who supports me in my ministry. I've never seen any man like that man. The, the, he's the man that gave us all these instruments. This is worth 40,000 Ghana cities. When he gave it, he was apologizing he couldn't do much. <laughs> and this same man added 10,000 to it when we were paying for the venue for the first time. He gave me 10,000 fiscal cash and added instruments worth 40,000, almost 40,000. And he says, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. He said he could not do much. He could not do much. This. So, uh, so how much do you have? <laughs> he said he could not do much. Now, when you miss such a man, can you be proud? No. This is, the man gives in simplicity. You know, the dress he wears, he wears Lacoste and Kaki to church and Kambu. Now, it's, it's amazing. Please get to that level. You will function in that grace in Jesus' name. He's taking care of 40 people. He pays them every month. 40 people on his payroll. Not his workers, so. People who are not working, but they are enjoying salary. And the man will give and tell you never to announce it. That's the level of grace I'm believing God for you to enter. You come and drop 100,000 secretly. Pastor, don't mention my name. If you mention my name, I'll be angry. But some of you, 50 Ghana, please say it next Sunday, okay? <laughs> please write my name on the envelope. Write my name on the envelope. Please enlarge it a little. <laughs> he says, he, let him not give it. Give with simplicity. He that ruleth, that's uh, those who, who, are, who have the grace of leading. There are people who are just born leaders. They know how to gather people around. They know how to lead people. They, if you entrust any leadership role to them, they can do it. It's a grace. Are you seeing that? He says, with diligence, hard work. He says, he that showed mercy. You know there are people who have grace to show mercy to people. It's amazing. They, they are easy, compassionate about people. I think I have that grace. You're jealous. <laughs> no, I'm able to sense the needs of people. I don't know how. But I can sense it. I can know when people are grieved and yet they are smiling. I can design it. I don't know how. But I just know. Then I just have some compassion and I want to help. It's a grace. You must function in that grace. Some of you, your salary itself shocks you. So you don't want to even think, to even feel. Cry your own cry. He says, show mercy with cheerfulness. It's a grace. It's grace. Tell somebody it's a grace. So God puts it in the ministry. He does it deliberately. Listen, nobody is without a gift. It's amazing. You know, some of you are going to end up, I, I pray it doesn't happen. Like the, the parable of the talent. He gives some five, he gives some three, he gives some one. 
You see, the one was the worst. He said he didn't value what he had because he says, Mine is just one. You know what he did? He buried it and called the master a wicked master. He says, You reap where you have no soul. So there are some of you sitting down. It, it is not that you don't have anything. No. You are proud. So the one that you have is saying, ah, they are doing the big, big thing. What can I do? What can I do? You are proud. There is always a gift for every believer. And the gift must not be displayed. It is not all the gifts that you display. You can see this man because his gift makes people see him. But there, can, there are things that you can be doing secretly. Nobody's aware. But it's a service. You know somebody has vowed to buy communion for us every, every time it finishes. I won't tell you the person. That's the service. Anytime it finishes. Replenishment. And now we are not using the cocoa. We are using high, high tech. <laughs> Someone is buying it secretly. It's a service. Are you following you know, you know, listen, allow God's gift to come out of you. There's something when you just come to the church, look around. Is there anything the church is lacking? Do it. Don't wait for people to do it. Do it. That doesn't mean you should go and buy big flowers and come and display it here. <laughs> you can you just come and ask, what is the need, Pastor? Tell you. But there are some when you give them the chance. The things they'll buy here, if you don't do, if you don't use it to buy them. So you bring the money, we'll buy it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Wow. Wow. Let's let's honor Pastor Stephen. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many minutes did I say we have to close? Ten. Okay. And how many minutes left? Nine. 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 None. <laughs> Charlie, you are working, Chacho. <laughs> That's what I said, nine. None. Hey. I just said, yeah, because I said, I'm going to no, why not? So let's go, let's continue. Alright, so let me punish you small with revelation, okay? Okay, so I want to be done with this one. Mm-hmm. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the verse 12 to 13. Now, there's, there's something serious I want you to see here. Look, look. He says, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord. And admonish you Look at it. Next verse. He says to esteem them very what? Highly in love. You know you can esteem somebody you don't love the person. You don't do it lovingly. He says esteem them in love. For what? 
they are work sake. So he said, esteem the ushers for their work sake. Esteem the shepherds for their work sake. If you hear me calling Prophet Felix, Prophet Felix, don't shout his name, Felix! No. If you find me calling him that, call him that, because that is how I want to see him. And that's how I want you to see him. And same with the shepherds. He says, esteem them. Because of what? Their work's sake. It is for their work's sake. Why do you esteem the president of Ghana? Before he became president, do you esteem him that way? No. For his work's sake. I'm teaching good here, right? Um, let's come to Deuteronomy chapter 16, the verse 18. So appointing leaders or people to assist the, the, the head pastor is actually God who put that in place. Look, he says, judges and officers shall thou make thee in all thy gates. God told Moses to appoint judges and officers to assist him in the work that he was doing. So listen, it is not the church members that picks the people. You don't say, oh, this guy is very cool so he can be a pastor. Let's make him a pastor. It doesn't work that way. It is done by the ministering gifts through the head, Jesus Christ. So sometimes you hear people are angry that somebody has been appointed. Why? Because this person was here five years ago and this guy came one year ago. God doesn't operate that way. Do you know Apostle Paul came after the apostles were in ministry? And today, Apostle Paul, he says, I labored more than them all. And he wrote two-thirds of the entire Bible. Those who walked with Jesus did not even have that insight. So there are some people God will appoint over you. Meanwhile, you were dead before they came. Thank you for the silence. So you don't do the appointment. God does the what? Appointment. Well, like this one is not really going well, but the fun is uh, Acts chapter 13, the verse 1 to 3. Now look at how they appointed people. It was through the spirit. That, that age has not changed. You don't appoint leaders because the leader has a car. With that car, he can destroy the church. You don't appoint a leader because the person is a doctor and you want to pin him down. They call it pin him down. You'll be in trouble. Look, he says, now there were certain on the church that was in Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simon, that was called Niger. And Lucius of Cyrene and Manian. Go to chapter uh, verse 2. <laughs> and they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, Look, look at how they appointed leaders. They ministered to the Lord and did what? Fasted. There's no car there, there's no title there. That Time has not changed. Someone said, no, things have changed. Things have not changed. The things in the early church is the same thing we are doing today. Things have not changed. Praise God. The Holy Ghost said. Now, if the Holy... Does it mean that the Holy Ghost spoke publicly and said, separate me, Barnabas and Paul. And went, Lord, where are you? <laughs> that, that's not what the Bible is saying. The Holy Ghost said through someone. Who is that someone? The leaders. 
not the church members. There are some of you, if the Holy Ghost speaks through you, the people you appoint will be in trouble. We'll be preaching. Hey, Rami, Marima, Leko, Zinye, Meko, Minya, Manka, my children, my children, I'm here. Appoint Linda as the assistant pastor. Who are sinning, and there's a worship atmosphere, the place is charged. Leno come and then mono. Come and stand in front of you. Say the Lord, I am angry with you. Stop wearing the trousers. You are sinning against me. I will kill you. Rene, 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 Rene. Sack the person immediately. Rene, Rene. Suck him, suck it fast, Rene. Oh, I'm telling you, people have been doing that. They prophesy in the flesh. So, if the Holy Ghost gave chance to the ordinary members here, what some people would do to us here? Rakatakataka. Prophet Isaac, step down, step down. And then am I here? What have I done to step down? said the Holy Ghost said, it was not just anybody who said in the congregation, if not we'll be in trouble it was the matured ones who were sensitive to the Holy Ghost because appointing leaders is a serious matter it's a matter of life and death turn to someone and tell the person really to know the government of the local church the first government of the local church who is who is the first head jesus christ is the head of the local church in the government structure of the local church jesus is the head so fighting against authority is fighting against who christ the head which eventually fights against who god now if that comes to your mind you'll be, you'll be more cautious how you do things praise god Number two is what? Ministry gifts. That's apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. They're the second. And God does it through them. God works through them on earth. The third is what? Serving or those who are assisting the what? The ministry gifts. This is very key. That's the government of the local church. 
So next week, we are going to look at um, obeying them that rule over you. Directly talking about the role of the head pastor and how the church will submit. Is that okay? How many are blessed? Lift your hands and begin to speak in the Holy Spirit.